Y'all see the new setup, man. Y'all see we got a guest on the show, but for now, follow the drip. <laughs> What's happening? What's going on? Too short. Too tall in the building. Back like we never left. Yeah, man. Y'all see, y'all see. We got we got a guest on the show, man. Um, he really don't need no introduction, man. Just another All-American. Uh, Reggie, man. All-American. UMHB alum. Two-time national champion. Two-time two national champion um, at D. Mary Harden Baylor, man. Y'all know what it is, Wee. man. V. <laughs> but, um, man, today, today, just a little different. Um... We really, today we're just going to chop it up about just the journey, just the journey coming from small school, just some of the struggles coming from a D3, um, trying to make it pro, you know, rather that CFL, opportunities in the XFL, USFL, um, just a little stuff about the Arena League, you know, IFL, CFL, NFL, XFL, you know, and uh, really what it take, man, and really just to catch up with Reggie and his brand, but... Let's let's start with that. Yeah, let let let's start with that, man. Reggie, tell us what you got going on, man. Man, so uh, I got a brand called Braveheart. It's an athletic brand. We the new Nike. Okay. Uh, I don't play like that. Uh, we have a lot of good vendors, a good good quality. Um, so it came about actually I collab with one of my friends. So I had started my own athletic brand called Pure Heart. But he was like, man, look, just you know what I'm saying, join my team and we can build this together. And I was like, you know what? I like Braveheart. So you know, I joined them like three three months ago. So now we have a public shop coming up soon on Sunday. A website gonna be dropping soon. But got, we got some socks, some headbands, some shirts, and some shorts. So y'all do it all. We shorts, do, we do it all. We shirts. Do, we the new Nike. And by maybe about five years, we're gonna have our first um, sponsored athlete high okay. school. You know, so that's now, Braveheart. Now, where can everybody go to get this stuff? Well, you can follow my Instagram, BraveheartFit underscore. BraveheartFit underscore is the IG. Where to pop up? It's in Houston. Houston, Texas, downtown. Okay. Downtown Houston. If you follow Houston. the page on Instagram, you'll see it. It's all on Instagram, on our story. It's on the page. You can, you can follow it there. Okay. I like what you said, man. You know, you wanted to start your own, but your buddy started some, and you jumped on and took what you was going to do to what he was going to do to collab and make the brand bigger. Sound familiar. Sound, you know, you yeah. know. That's how that's how we got to do it. Two is better than one, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Everybody want a whole grape. We talk about it. Everybody want a whole grape instead of half of a watermelon. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That half a watermelon is bigger than that one piece of grape that you got, my boy. All right? Build a team. Stop being selfish. Especially with your brothers. Right. That's my thing. Right. Especially if with your brother. So, what exactly does, obviously, you hear Braveheart. What, what does that mean to you? Like, when I put on the Braveheart shirt, like, what am I representing? You represent, to be honest, just being pure. You know what I'm okay. saying? Be able to just be yourself, work out, and um, just be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Braveheart is just about being brave. 
You know, yeah. but it's in the name. You're brave right. heart. You got to have a brave heart in life to, to, you know what I'm saying, to get past certain obstacles in life. Right. So when you're putting on this brave heart, I want you to just kind of just think about you just being brave. You actually stepping into a new journey. Right. So I hear, I hear, I hear fully investing yourself in whatever it is that you, like you dreaming about, whatever your dream is, mm -hmm. is really going after it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of pieced into our conversation today um, and playing D3 football and having a dream to play at the next level and kind of like that process. But, man, I want you to share with us, like, really what is, like, tell me, once you won a national championship and you were All-American, what has the journey been like? Give us, get a, give our viewers a little background on like what league you were in and what team you was on. Then this happened. Then boom, you, what league? And then having to go train, having to find that balance of still putting food on the table, chasing your dream, mm -hmm. and people being like, "Why are you still trying?" You know what I'm saying? Even right, right. even for yourself, right, asking right, like, right, "Man, right. why do I keep putting my body through this? My mental like, right. why do I keep doing this?" So growing up, I always knew I was one of a kind. Cause I won like in flag football, I was uh I was the best run, you know, best running back on my team. Yeah. I got the Heisman trophy. And I just had growing up I had went through different injuries, you know, in middle school, I broke I broke my growth plate, I had to have surgery on certain things. So in high school I was transferring too many times. So that's why I really went D three. Cause I really was good at, you know, I could have went D1, but I transferred too many schools in high school. So, so what he really said is that he's really a D1 athlete, but ended up at a D3. Yeah. A powerhouse D3. Powerhouse. That got a lot of athletes that should be D1. Keep going. And let me, let me just, and let's just be honest. I mean, you can always, I mean, y'all know the whole saying, if, if, we know ifs don't, they don't mean nothing. But I do know for a fact, especially Reggie, if Reggie did half of what he did, if he was just down the street playing at a D1 or at his home at U of H and he did what he did, you talking about a 6'1", 198, 190-pound corner, that ran four three. That ran four three for the scouts for the NFL. We not talking like just no regular degular dude that's just big and fast. We talking about somebody that can actually get out there and actually play man coverage. Yeah, we can go Tampa. We did Tampa. We did all that. But somebody that can actually go out there and really line up with your guy and play corner though at a top level. And the crazy part about it is. My primary position was receiver coming out of high school. I wanted to play, I was so, solely focused on receiver because I just knew I was, I was just, I was just that guy. Yeah. Everybody used to tell me, play DB, play DB. I'm like, nah, I want to play receiver. So I didn't even play DB when I got to UMHB for my first year. I played receiver. And I always, always, always open. You can ask Waki, Waki Walker. Y'all know, y'all know Waki Walker. He another, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I had posted on Instagram one time, and I was like, man, I was open. I just couldn't catch. Yeah. So that's when I. That's what they said. That's what they said. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it real. I couldn't catch. My hands still kind of look questionable. Hey, look, Bob Dedo. <laughs> but um, so I got moved to DB my sophomore year, and I didn't like the move. 
So I kind of was in my head. I played Sam. I, they moved me to Sam. Yeah, they yeah, moved me back yeah, to DB. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of left. I left UMHB after my sophomore year after we won the first national championship. I went to U of H and walked on as a receiver. Made the team. I was actually playing, like, in the spring game. I was second string. I walked on now as a receiver. And so then I realized I didn't want to um, do what I did in high school, transferring to many schools. I already built that brotherhood at UMHB. So I said, you know what? The, the, the competition level is not different. Only thing that's different is the O-line that's it. and the D-line. That's it, bro. Literally. That's it. The O-line and the D-line. Like, I'm telling you, when, I, when I'm telling you, like, the receivers, back, the receiver running backs, DBs, they all the same at every level. Only difference is the O-line and the D-line. And, the then, uh, and then, like, the, of course, the weight room yeah. stuff, because they had programs where you can you need to gain 10 pounds, you're going to gain that 10 pounds. You ain't get that, you don't get that D3. They you got, got the resources. They, they got, got the resources, resources right. for that. So when I came back, I came back with a different mindset. And so my junior year, that's when I had my, you know, my first actually playing time at UMHB. I became uh, in a rotation with Chris Brown and uh, Raylan Hickey. Yeah. So, um... I made I made my mark with I made my mark and then my senior year became captain of, of UMHB and I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody didn't probably think I was gonna be a captain at UMHB from just my journey and uh, I just took it and ran with it became all American like you guys said won the national championship in Houston hometown yeah. come on now I could I, went out with a bang <laughs> yeah and um after that my journey uh, professionally has been really been a rocky road so. Um, I ran a four three nine, like y'all said. My ran a four three nine in front of the Ram Scout. Didn't get an opportunity. I went to all these different camps. Didn't hear nothing back. And so it, all it takes is one coach to believe in a player. One coach, because one coach believed in me, and he called me. He was just like, "Hey Reggie, your name was at the bottom of the list. Like you not even, like you at the bottom." He was like, "The reason I called you because you play receiver, and DB. So I like to have DBs that can break down like a receiver." And I'm like, oh, yeah. So he started sending me drills to do, and I'm doing them. I'm showing them. And I'm committed. He was like, okay, well, you're getting better. We're going we're gonna to draft you. They draft me to the XFL. This is when the XFL, the first, the first time it came out in 2020. They draft me to the XFL. I make it. We uh, go through training camp. I'm leading, I'm, I'm leading the training camp in picks. I'm catching a pick almost every, every day against Cardell Jones. That played at Ohio State. That don't mean nothing. Trash. Trash. Those school names don't mean anything. Zero. We done been, sorry to cut you off, we done been to so many workouts going against Florida guys, Georgia guys, Oregon guys, Bama guys, Auburn guys, Wisconsin guys, and they can't, they can't tie our shoes. They can't do it because there's no difference in the skill positions. And to be honest, we was better than most of them. To, to be honest, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I'm not. We're not. Let me just. Uh, we're not. They, we're not trying. We're not. Ain't no cap in this because Zero. I'm not saying we're not saying all D3, y'all. We're not saying that. We're not no. saying all D3. We speaking from Mayor Hart and Baylor. We speaking from UMHB. We speaking from our family and the type of talent that comes through that school and then it is D3 and it's right here in Texas. Um, and it's just untapped. Yeah, it really is. I, I mean, I could name easily, we could name at least 10 or 12 guys these last 10 years that should be either retiring or be in the middle of their career on their second contract. That's true. I just think you're a major B to me. We just cut from a different cloth. 
So a lot of D1 athletes, they get baby privileged and they don't really know how to go through adversity because they be crying like boot if, camp if, right exactly boot camp if you go through boot camp and you may be you're gonna be successful in life period period <laughs> 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 for real facts man so like just having different roommates and different players i talked to them and they just not cut from the same cloth as us you know what it's, it's an accountability thing bro yes it's an accountability thing like we got some we got some stories like we have some stories of accountability, people getting into it, people ready to square up, but it's all love though. Like mm-hmm. we didn't have that beef off the field. It was like we got into it on the field about something, and that's where it was left. You know what I'm saying? And but yeah, man. But back back to your back XFL. to your XFL. You got drafted. Oh, yeah, so I got drafted. Like I said, I was leading them training camp in picks. I caught a pick almost every 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 practice. It got to the point where the head coach, Pep Hamilton, he a coach for the Houston Texans now. He used to pick on me all the time in one-on-ones. He used to have me go last all the time. So, of course, the first day I get beat. I'm not, you know, we DBs, you don't get beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's one-on-ones. Exactly. But after that, I didn't, we, I didn't get beat no more. And so um, we had to – we moved the, the uh, training camp to Houston. So all the teams was in Houston. I'm, I'm, like, I'm getting picks again. I'm getting mic'd up. All them getting all this publicity. So the day, the day before we about to go back to our cities, he called me personally on my phone and was like, Hey, Reggie, you the best athlete on our team. I want you to play receiver. Our receiver core hurting. I said, oh, yeah, I'm good. Next day, I'm, we in Houston, right? So I go home, wash my clothes. I come back to the hotel. And a person other guy was like, hey, Reggie, where you been? And I'm like, I've been packing. I mean, you know, getting ready for the season. He like, oh, well, I've been blowing your phone up. He showed me his call log, 17 calls. I have not one missed call. I'm like, I ain't getting nothing. He was like, well, um, I'm sorry to do this in front of everybody, but we, we cut you in front of everybody. Everybody finna get on the bus. I'm just sitting there like this. Hey, why you not get on the bus? I just got cut. So I'm humiliated. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm frustrated. Wow. I'm embarrassed. I'm just like, ain't no way I just got cut. And I've been leading the, the team in picks. I'm talking about I'm on Instagram. They, bro, I know, bro, bro, you ain't got to, bro, bro, you ain't got to tell us, bro. Man. You were the, the face of the franchise. I would, we were sitting here. I was, bro, when you told us, when you text us, I could not believe it. I have never, I have never seen anyone doing so well and being publicized like the face of the franchise, and then a coach call you the day before telling you how what, he wanted to play both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball, I'm the best athlete on the team. And then to get then, cut the next day. No, I'm talking about. People don't know this kind of stuff about the business, though. Right, exactly. They don't. And that was my first. That was my first taste of professional, and that really kind of struck a nerve. It hurt my heart. I'm just like, I'm doing everything you guys need me to do, and I'm doing more. I don't understand. So I didn't understand that. So you know, they cut me. I called the coach that has, you know, that put his faith in me. I was like, man, they cut me. He was like, man, what? We was on a plane. We didn't even know that. We didn't even know that. I said, how y'all didn't even know? He was like, he was like, yeah, that's not. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That's so, all pep. So tell him, tell him. So that wasn't. Your coaches, it was personnel. It was per, it was personnel. So Pep Hamilton, he was the head coach, and he was a GM. Something like Bill O'Brien with the Houston Texans. So he had too much power, I feel like, in my opinion. So uh, my coach was like, well, to be honest, he just he bought he bought a roster spot. So this would really happen in professional football. You hold, on, buy, hold on, hold on, hold on. What you what you, you say? You can buy professional spots. Like so, if a coach want a player, he can he can hold that spot for that player. 
he can buy it and just hold it like well, I'm waiting on this player to get cut or something like that. So that's what he was doing. He waited on certain players to get cut from the NFL so he can sign them to the XFL. I didn't know this. Yes. So basically, you can buy in roster spots. Yes. It's really not about who you know, what you know. It's just, like I said, but the coach really like you. So they put me on Team 9. Team 9 is a practice squad for the XFL. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's, it's practice squad. It was in Dallas. Every team, though, all got guys. Got cut with the, with the Team 9. Team. It's a Team 9, but it's a practice squad. We just, Every team don't have It's like the best, no, it's it's the no, best it's players one, from those. One for the whole league. It's a Team 9 for the whole league. So what they do is they put player that they that they you know that they still want they just put them on team nine, so they can come back and get them at any time. But mm -hmm. any team can grab any player. Yeah. So we we practicing every day. We just practicing. That's it, just to keep us in shape. So they said five after five weeks you go back to your team, same team. You don't get picked up before then. So I didn't get picked up. I gotta wait to five weeks. Five weeks came after that. COVID hit. So that's you know what I'm saying. Oh. They went, COVID hit, then went bankrupt, and that's when I was I was out for about a year. Then I uh, signed up, played with the Spring League, ate there. After I left the Spring League, went to the CFL. See it, man, I don't even want to get on the CFL. <laughs> but nah, the, nah, get on it. Man, but the CFL, to be honest, man, I feel like, in, in my opinion, I feel like it's a waste of time for a lot of players because they already know who they want. They already know who they want as far as players like that. So, like, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I got signed by the Hamilton Tiger Cats, they knew who they wanted already. So they were just kind of using players as bodies. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't have a certain amount of Americans on the team, certain amount of Canadians on the team. So if you are, if, if they just signed this DB for yes, last year, they're not going to sign a new DB again ne next year. Right. Because they just signed him, an American DB. So, uh, you know, when I there, I played every position at the CFL. I'm talking about every DB position back there. I played corner, halfback, uh, half safety. I even played Sam. And this year, I'd play. It was every, going dumb. Going dumb. Every position. I, I knew the whole defense. I got cut. Of course, you know, I didn't even have a, we didn't have preseason game because it was COVID. So, boom, I just wait. I waited about another, whole another year. So, I actually, I was on the way to a combine in uh, Atlanta. I was driving from Houston to Atlanta, and I get a, call, a phone call. He was like, hey, man, what's up? Uh, how you doing, Reggie? I was like, how you doing? He was like, this is such and such from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We want to resign you. And I was like, well, that's crazy because I was, I was on the way to a, a combine right now, but I'm going to turn around. I'm like, they call me back. They, they mean, they must want me. Right. I must did something right. So, you know, I go back. I'm playing corner at this time. Now it's easy because I'm just playing one position. And I already know what I'm doing. Is I, the same Same, year same team. No, this is a different year. This is okay. next year. Next year, this following year. So they signed me back. I'm eating. And I actually get to play in preseason, preseason games. So the first preseason game, I only played one quarter. Because they, they signed another DB. And I don't know. It was just too much going on. But, um... They cut me, cut me again. I was eating. I ain't get no picks and nothing like that because I didn't play as much. But, you know, they cut me again. And so when they brought me in to cut me, this, this, this is what I told them. <laughs> so I walked in. I already knew what it was. Yeah. I walked in. I sat down. They were like, yeah, Reggie, um, how you think training camp went? I said, you know, it went well. I think uh, I made a big jump from last year. Um, it felt like a family because I've been here before. I know a lot of the same players that have been here. He was like, oh, that's good. That's good. He was like, well... Unfortunately, I said, stop. What time I got to be ready? Right. I just cut him off. I didn't even want to hear the side story. Yeah. He was like, well, let me just tell you the side no, story. No, we don't want to hear it. Tell you. Yeah. He was just like, well, you know, right now, our team, we still, we still have a lot of vet veterans on our team, and we just signed a cornerback from last year. And mind you, that cornerback didn't even do go through training camp because he hurt his shoulder. 
So they just banking him, thinking he's going to be the same player that he was the following year. And so they just cut me. And then now I'm just back on this uh, just training, staying ready from getting ready, going all in. The XFL draft coming up. It was another league I was in, but nobody really know about that one, so I don't even want to talk about it. What's your, what's your mindset like when, when you know that you've been balling and they call you in and tell you that they're going to let you go? And it's not even about your performance. Like, where does that put you? I think after the first time I got cut from the XFL, I stopped wearing my feelings on my sleeve. So I kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, I'm coming from a deep school. Football is all about politics. I had a roommate one time. He played for Alabama. He never touched the field, but got an opportunity in the NFL. Because, just because he had Alabama, Alabama on his resume. He, never, he told me, he said, I never played, but I got an opportunity. Just because I, I went to Alabama, so um, it, really, it really didn't hurt me at all. I mean, because like I said, because I don't wear my feelings on my sleeve. This professional football stuff, you just never know. It's cutthroat. You just never know. They might tell you one thing, and then the next day do another. Yeah, because I know, I know when I was in rookie minicamp with the CFL, like, you in there with everybody. Right. Right. So, like you said, they got guys coming back that they might have signed last year towards the end of the year. You got NFL guys that just got cut, whatever the case may be, right? But I know when I, when I didn't get that call, and I'm talking to all the other players, all the other linebackers, and they like, boy, I knew you was gone. I knew you was going to be up there. And I was still at home. I'm like, first I get to thinking like, what else could I have done? Right. Like, then I started there. I'm like, man, I should have picked that motherfucker off that. If I would have just got one pick. But I'm like, I was sticky. Like, I did everything I needed to do. Right. And, and so this ain't about football. Like you said, football is a, is a lot about politics. So that's, that's one thing, like, coming from a lower division college and you're trying to make it to the top, like, you're going to face adversity. Everything ain't a straight line. You're going to be on that roller coaster. Rocky Road. You're going to be high, and as soon as you get to the top, they're going to take everything away from you. But you know good, I, mean? I think the good thing about um, what's going on now in the football world is they have all these new leagues coming out. Yes. So now a lot of D3 players, D2 players can get an opportunity to play professionally and still showcase their skills and get to the NFL. And so, make some decent bread. And make some and you can and make a living. Right here you know? in in the States. In the and States. don't have to go to Canada mm -hmm. and deal with the whole ratio. Yeah. So one thing I kinda wanna kinda talk about, I don't know if people actually have thought about this. Um I don't know if people have actually thought about this, but like what people wonder like, why do guys like, keep working at this football thing. It's just football. Don't football. This is what I'll bring up, and this is what I hear from you. This is what I know about E. This is what I know about myself. Most people, for one, never, ever truly chase their dream, ever. Right. They real dream. Right, right, right. One. Two, I'm going to bank on 99% of the people, we work at our dream 
for 10 to 12 plus years. Right. Longer than that. 18, from Little League, eight to, let's say 10 years old, you start. Right. You talking about the next 15 years, how old are you? 25. 25. The next 15 years, you've devoted everything towards this one goal. And now you've done everything. You've become an All-American. You won a national champ. You on the best team in your division. And you were two of how many DBs to be an All-American. We know how hard that is to do that. Right. And then you get to your goal and it's dangled and it's taken away. It's dangled and it's taken away. And it's not because you ain't doing what you always been doing. Right. You still do what you always been doing. And so that's what I explain to people. This is hard. It's hard to give it up. Right. Because you didn't work at it for so hard your whole entire life. Right. Blood, sweat, tears, everything. Right. I'm, I'm not, we know. And a lot of people don't understand because they have not worked that long towards anything. I'm talking physically, mentally, money, everything. Me and EH, way in Florida, barely got enough money for gas for a workout. Right. But guess what? I got signed. I got signed, finally. I went to Canada off my last dime, literally. Off my last dime. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't even have the money to pay for that last workout I went to for Calgary. Mm -hmm. But when I showed up, the GM, the GM was like uh, player personnel, he was like, man, he's like, you from, uh, from Texas? He's like, man, don't worry about covering the workout. I didn't even have it. Right. But did what I was supposed to do, got signed, and then, like you, it's taken away. So we both know. We know what that's like. Yeah. We know what that's like. That's a struggle, man. I'm just proud. You're depressed, too. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. A lot of players, and I feel like. You got to be in a good headspace when you when you're chasing this dream. You do. <laughs> because you do, if you're not in a good headspace, if you're always thinking like, "Why I'm, why I'm doing this? Why I'm doing this? Why I'm doing this?" Then you're not gonna even go 100% because you're thinking like, "Well, I'm working now, but I'm not even getting an opportunity." But the, the name of this game and in football is stay ready from getting ready because you never know yeah. you might get that one call, and they're gonna say, "Well, come for a workout," and then you ain't been working out. And now you saying, well, I, I ain't been working out. Now it's your done. fault. Now it's your fault. Now you like, dang. So now you done wasted all those 18 years of your life. For that one chance. For that one chance. Now, if you, you ain't even ready for you it. You ain't even ready for it. So that's what I'm saying. I'm going to just stay ready from getting ready. Like I said, it was my, this is my last year going all in. But I feel like I got a good chance of getting Bet. drafted to the XFL. Bet. And there, there, there is a difference, though. Like, some people do chase. Some people do chase the dream. I don't say I, I don't want to say when they shouldn't. We ain't, because who we am ain't I talking about them? Because who am I to say? Who am I to say? You know what your dream is, but for us and others like us, I know we we chased it the way we did because we know who we are, yeah. and we know what we can do and bring to a team. Like we ain't just chasing it just because. Right. I think uh, I would say the biggest thing that keep me going is just living the moment. I like I I love it. I love working out. I love football. I love ball. Like this is my life. I've been doing this since I was four years old. Like so every chance I get, even when I go to a team, I still have fun in that moment because you're not gonna get those memories back. No. So don't be over here stretching yourself out trying to be like I'm trying to make a team. I'm trying to make a team, 
and that you don't even enjoy. Yes. Even in Canada, like I, it was a lot of players out there really stressing, like, man, I'm trying to make the team. I need to make a play, and they don't even make the play when the play come their way because they're trying to make the play. Yeah. Just, just enjoy it. You've been playing football since you was four years old. Have fun. Have fun. Just have fun. Whatever goes, it's gonna happen at the end of the day. You can't control that. That's out of your control. Hey, man. Shout out Reggie Cole, man, and just continuing to yes, sir. to chase the dream, man, and, and I feel like you're doing it the right way, man. We proud of you. Um, Braveheart, man. Hey, y'all check out the pop-up shop in, in Houston. Hey, get on the IG. On the IG. Reggie. Hey, blue check. He got the blue check now. He easy to find. Verified on Twitter. On Twitter. He easy to find on Twitter. It's coming, though. Hey, but hey. Hey, we got to get out of here, man. Hey, hashtag ass sauce twins. Hey, we got more stuff like this coming to you. Subscribe. <laughs> what will you sacrifice to be great?